Time to abandon ship. Can I persuade you to join us for a drink? It's a tradition. Here, here. Jar Jar, homie, my main man. Quickly, before the Separatists attack, get into the escape pod. Hey, this is escape, then we're the Welcome back to Star Wars Escape Pod. I'm your host, Josh, and today we have another episode of Clone Wars Talk with Diego, who is sitting right here with us inside the Escape Pod already. Uh, we have three episodes that we just watched, uh, number 42 through 44 on our chronological list. That's episodes 220 through uh, 222. Death Trap, R2 Come Home, and Lethal Trackdown all are hyperlinked in the description to check out on Disney Plus and access the StarWars.com uh databank pages so without further ado uh let's uh chat with diego about these episodes another happy landing got uh three episodes here uh death trap and uh, now th- this is uh, that's like first off solid way to finish off season two i yeah i totally agree like those yeah. i i really enjoyed these last three episodes. yeah um, yeah really they're good. they're really good like yeah. this is the kind of level of quality that that like the show actually constantly hits that beat for yeah. like, basically the rest of the show in a way yeah yeah yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, that uh, that being said, here um, I don't know what do you, what did you want to start off with? I guess Death Trap. Let's just kind of summarize. I guess Death Trap uh, Boba in, infiltrates uh, the Republic, a, a Republic cruiser with a bunch of uh, cadets from uh, I guess Camino, and they're being taken on a training, you know, field trip. I guess to uh, an operating uh, ship, and uh, you know he's. Uh, you know, gone undercover as a cadet because he he looks like all the cadets, right? To but he's basically aboard the ship to assassinate Windu because uh, Mace Windu obviously uh, has murdered um, Boba's father only less than a year ago, and uh, you know, and the episode kind of progresses from there. So, what did what did you think? I I liked it because, um, uh, like you said, it. He uh, basically gets on this ship uh, and he's in this little like squadron with a bunch of other like uh, clone cadets uh, and they all kind of have like the same clone voice uh, except for mm-hmm. Boba and he um, he comes in with his you know his his uh, his mullet that we all see in 
Attack of Clones Episode 2. Um, but after the Battle of Geonosis, uh, we kind of see him, uh, you know, grip onto Jango's, well, grip onto Jango's helmet and then kind of put it to his head and like that's that's kind of it. Um, now, he's uh, he disguises himself under the name of Lucky. Uh, uh, and it, it was cool to see that because they, before we get to the whole, like, uh, you know, att- first attempt on uh, Mace Windu's life, they go through this little training simulator where they're, it's kind of like, it's kind of like, you know, how, how like some people on YouTube, they'll like post videos of like them with a shotgun and they throw off those like frisbee things and they, they gun them kind of the same idea, but like they're in space, of course, and they're on this ship on, um, and one trooper is sitting in a seat and he's kind of manning the, the Frisbees in this case, if you will. And he shoots them out and every, there's a couple cadets that go before Boba. And then um, this one tr- uh, troop who's kind of leading them in that uh, like little squadron they have, mm-hmm. uh, he says, Oh, you missed. You get one shot next. Like in battle, you only get one try. Like you can't mess yeah. up kind of, kind of thing. And then Boba comes in and uh he just like he just embarrasses them right like this, this yeah is like, yeah totally he you know like he just yeah so um, well because 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 the guy like he said he's like uh you know none of you had previous training before so this might become uh, be a bit of a challenge or whatever and then yeah. boba's got this like grimmest look on his face and he's like i know that look all right go ahead and then yeah. uh you know he he sends him into the chair and just like owns it, you know, it just because I mean, his dad is Django Fett, like all these clones are are based on his dad, right? Which, yeah. which Boba being an unaltered, unmodified clone is pure genetic replication. So like, he's pretty much Django Fett, right? Uh, yeah. And he's had uh, a lot of experience uh, as far as Django as like Django was his father, right? Like, like he was fathering this, this, this kid. So naturally, I mean, like he's lived the life of a bounty hunter up until this point and he, now he still is. Right. So, um, yeah, it's really cool to see that kind of come through in his ability to, uh, man certain weaponry and, uh, you know, handle certain weapons and, and, and just kind of, yeah, is, is this, this weird case of almost like a, an adult kind of living in a child's body in a way. Almost, oh yeah, you know? very very experienced for his age, and uh, there's that one scene in when they're doing the when they're doing the training, um, they they kind of send out one uh, one frisbee, if you will, uh, and they it's they simulate it as like a an enemy ship, right? Uh, they yeah. send out one, he guns it, and all the other guys that went before him, they're like, you know, just blasting the trigger, right? They're like getting a hundred shots, and not one is landing. And yeah, then yeah. we see Boba go up, sends out sends out the uh, you know practice enemy ship, one shot done. And then they're like, oh well, let's see how he does against a triple fire, triple threat, right? And they send out three, and just everyone, just yeah. one, two, three, like three shots. That's it. And yeah, they're all shocked. Yeah, yeah, they're like, whoa, okay, this kid's serious. So yeah, um, yeah. Um, Did you notice when Boba entered the ship? Um, for the very first time, like, like you didn't really know it was Boba until he kind of gets on that comm system, starts chatting with Aura 
and uh, or a saying that is, and uh, then you then it's confirmed like, oh yeah, this is Bo- this is Boba Fett. Well, but I- um, did you notice like when he first like walked aboard the ship, he didn't want to look at any of the de-helmeted clones. Like you yeah. could tell, like all the other kids were like admiring the the sh- you know all the all the clone troopers in armor and uh, you know looking up at them and smirking and stuff like that. And he, one of them even like you know gave them a little smile and and uh, but Boba just dead st- you know staring straight ahead and trying not to look at these clones like like because they bear the face the face of his father. Yeah, yeah, I, and uh, yeah. I, yeah, I noticed that. And uh, it's good you bring it up because, like you said, he was he had his eye on the prize, which was just to assassinate um, Mace Windu. Right. And yeah, he they're they're as they're they're kind of getting a tour of the ship at this point, And they're kind of going through every hallway and just kind of getting to know what mm-hmm. what the what the lifestyle is all about. And then we see this one part of the episode where he kind of drifts off from the group. No one notices because he's just this sneaky, right? Um, And he goes into this room. He puts a mine that has a laser across it. So like as soon as someone steps over it, the mine blows and it kills him. The tripwire bomb, yeah. Yeah, exactly. So he he sets that up. He, you know, um, communicates. Yeah, yeah, he arms it and then he communicates to uh, what's her nuts? Um, Uh, Aura Singh. yeah, Aura Singh. He communicates to Aura Singh. And then uh, Mace is on his way and the two collide, right? And you can see the tension. But you could like slice it with a butter knife. Like it is so tense between the two of them. But Mace doesn't know it at this point. To Mace, he's just like, oh, this is just a cadet who kind of drifted away from the group by accident. He kind of brushes it off. Doesn't think twice about it. And then you can see the the hatred in Boba's face. You can see like this freaking guy. He killed my father. It's yeah. like I, I should just kill him right now. But he had his eye on the prize and he just played ball, right? He just said, Mace is like, um, oh, you got lost to stay stay with your squadron to your leader. Yeah, he's like, I, eyes eyes up, cadet, or something like that. Yeah, and then Bobo yeah. Bobo is like, uh, yes, sir. Yeah, you know, and then and then he and then he's you know scrambles away and he, he yeah. gets back to the group. But then we see Mace making his way to this tripwire. He's about to step over it, but then a cl- some random clone comes by, stops him. He's like, "Oh, sir, uh, you're needed somewhere else." And then he says, oh, "Okay." So he goes he goes away, and then the second this clone goes into the hallway that Mace was going into, bam, and he's dead. Like he, yeah, it, it blows up. It kills him. And then Mace Windu clues in. He gets suspicious. He's like, hmm, there's an assassin on this ship. But he has no idea it's Boba Fett. He has no idea it's the son of a, of Jango Fett, who he just murdered and decapitated mm-hmm. like less than a year ago. No idea. Well, they think, they think uh, immediately they think it's a separatist attack. Yeah. Because yeah. naturally, you know, they're fighting a war. They don't expect a, a personal attack to be made on anyone's life at this point, right? Yeah. Like he's in, he's in full on general mode at this point. So, yeah. uh, like, the last thing he's thinking of is some bounty hunter that he killed a year ago, you know. And uh, even though it was, like, kind of a big deal um, as far as uh, just, like, um, the the death of, of, of Django goes, like, it was, it was announced, you know, like, Count Dooku stops the uh, surrounding of the Jedi by the droids in the, in the Geonosian arena. 
and uh, and he addresses the fact that Mace Windu just killed the template clone. He's like, Master Windu, you have fought gallantly, you know, yeah. in, in his big Christopher Lee voice. But yeah. Um, yeah. So, but I think, you know, it's not exactly on the forefront of his mind. It was a big, it was a big deal, but it, it's not exactly, you know, it's not like he dwells on it. I would imagine like he's, you know, the, the guy's a big shot general now, like, you know, <laughs> yeah. So. I mean, he's got bigger fish to fry, you know? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. um, but yeah, uh, you know, I found it interesting, like, like all the clones naturally, like they think he, uh, Boba is one of them, right? Like all the cadets, they think Boba's one of them. They th- yeah, they, um, they think nothing of it. They, they can't yeah. tell the difference. Like, cause he looks the same. Yeah. Exactly. Just a slightly different, greasier haircut. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. So, so like, uh, you know, for me, I, you know, it always, it makes me think about the, what Boba thinks of all this. Cause naturally he doesn't want to look at all these clones because they all bear his father's face and I'm sure it's a, an emotional thing for him to do. Definitely. But, um, but also just like, yeah, but also just the fact that um, we already have gone into it uh, with great depth that all these clones uh, need this because they're people, right? Like they need this uh, sense of individual with <laughs> individuality. Yeah. And uh, it, yeah, basically with that, um, you know, it, it comes a sense of uh, having having their own personal uh, their own personality that like they all have their own thing, right? They, like they're all their own person. Um, but uh, as far as Boba is concerned, uh, like the clones are aware of the fact that they're clones, right? Like Boba, it's a completely different story because yes, he's a clone, but at the same time, like he is the only one out of millions of clones of Django that is pure genetic replication and he is his son like like it must be weird to think you know it's it's almost like comparing um somebody uh who was like one of like maybe quadruplets right like you have like three or four brothers and sisters in a family but uh and yet uh, somehow like you're like the only loved one and all the other ones are just kind of like meh you know like they're just kind of off to the side a little bit somebody yeah. else can take care of them you know yeah uh, why not why not sell them to the government kind of thing right like <laughs> like that's that's kind of the situation right so so yeah. like boba like he he has uh he's also lived a full life like there's no there's no growth acceleration to boba so um you know he's got a lot more behind him in his head in his heart and uh for him it's a like a very personal uh issue that a lot of these clones think that he's one of them because he's not like inside he very much disagrees with the fact that he's one of these clones because he's not a clone like he's not just he's not just any clone right uh and he actually has a line about that um he has a little piece of dialogue i think it's in the is in the second episode or something he's like it's like i'm not i'm no clone not like those two or whatever right like he kind of expresses his uh his his, I don't know, his, his, um, I think, yeah, that's in the second one. Yeah. Yeah. That's in the second episode. So I'm skipping forward a little bit here, but, but yeah, like um, I'm bringing it up now just to kind of address this thing. But, um, but yeah, like he's, he, he's like very clear on the fact that he hates the fact that there are all these Django's running around the galaxy with his face or, well, they're not Django's, but you know, all these people with his face, with his father's face, yeah. you know, it's like, it's like a, for him, like it's a very personal issue that he has. Um, and it's pretty obvious throughout these three episodes that, uh, that is apparent, you know? 
um it's very obvious so yeah yeah um yeah i mean after that uh they uh he goes after after the attempt on mace windu's life he kind of gets back into the uh oh they they sabotage the ship yeah he sabotages the ship he goes into the main control room there he destroys the reactors uh he outs he outwits uh a full like full-on clone trooper like by a long shot yeah um, so like because he thinks he's one of them because he, he thinks he he's like some cadet right yeah yeah so he, he even hands him his blaster he's like oh yeah here kid yeah you know, and then he, he and he kills him yeah. yeah 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 exactly and well on the clone like he sees him as his brother right he's like what are you doing like we're brothers like you know like but boba is like you're not my brother. Like, you know, you're just some clone of my dad who he never even knew or cares about. Right. Like, yeah, like he doesn't have. But he still did you notice he hesitated when the mask flew off the clone's face? Uh, and he, even though he had the blaster in his hand and he had it set to stun in the end, uh, yeah. like he he hesitated to shoot this clone trooper because yeah. He has his father's face, right? Like yeah. he hates the fact that all these clones have his father's face, but he he loves his dad, right? He loves his father and he misses his father. And like the fact that all these people have his face, not only does he hate the fact that that's the case, but it's probably even worse when it comes to to killing them, right? Because uh, it's just it's like almost like a torment thing to do, right? Even though it's not him, it's not Django. He like it's still a deep down. It's like okay, I know that's not him, but like, I still, I'm hesitating to shoot him because that looks like my dad. Yep. Right. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then after that, um, so he destroys the reactors, he stuns this clone and then he, uh, makes his way back to the, uh, rest of the little cadet squad there. And, um, yeah, they they escape on escape pods. Yeah, they all escape on escape pods. Everyone escape on the ship. Escape pod. Yeah, <laughs> Every, everyone on the on the ship is freaking out, yeah. saying "Abandon ship, abandon ship!" Right. And, um, yeah. The uh, all the cadets they get onto a um, uh, one uh, escape pod, and then the leader of that little cadet squad goes onto one separately on his own. Um, at this point, the cadets are all together. They're in space, and then. Uh, Boba pulls off some more mischief and he uh, destroys all communications on their escape pod. Just yeah, and damages much, the ship. Yeah, he damages yeah. the ship, makes it completely neutral, and then uh, they're basically just a paperweight in space, just waiting to die, kind of thing. And then yeah. our we get first, the reveal of Slave One. Yeah, after all these years, right? Where uh, finally Slave One comes back up. Uh, it it uh, couples to the ship. Or to the escape pod, and then um, door opens, and uh, yeah, we get uh, we get Bosk, Aura uh, yeah. Singh, and Castus, and Castus. So those are the the three bounty hunters that are paired up with Boba on this on this uh, assassination mission, and uh, now Castus and Bosk are kind of along for the ride. For Boba, it's a personal thing. Like this, uh, this assassination is a personal thing, but yeah. for, for Bosk and, and Castus, it's a payday, right? Because the separatists are paying big money to, uh, for any death of the Jedi, right? Um, 
they're I think it's a million credits ahead for a Jedi or something like that. Yeah. So, um, yeah, there. Uh, that's not established in this episode. It's actually in an episode we haven't watched yet. But it's it's later established that the Separatists are offering a bounty of one million credits for any Jedi who is killed by a bounty hunter or whatever. Um, so uh, along with that um, is uh, the um, uh, well, you kind of get the sense that Aura Singh has like a very close personal relationship with Boba uh, yeah. being one of Jango Fett's associates. Um, you know, she is kind of like his caretaker, I guess, or his gar- her, her uh, uh, she's his guardian, which is close, like? close family friend or something, something along those lines. Yeah, it almost, yeah, it almost looked like the kind of relationship that um, maybe Django had with Zam Wessel, like uh, before he killed her yeah. uh, in the, in the expanded universe books, uh, Boba actually kind of, it kind of hit him hard when he came back without Zam. Uh, Django, that is, when he came back to Kamino without Zam, uh, yeah. because uh, Zam was a, a friend of Boba's and all this and that, and you know Zam was uh, an associate of Django's, meaning that they've worked together before and all that, right? Yeah. And uh, nature of the job and the scumminess of it all, um, he had to kill her because she was gonna give him give him up to the Jedi who are questioning her, right? Yeah. Um. So like, yeah. So it makes you wonder. It's like, oh, maybe Django and or like, like they've definitely worked together in the past then between episodes one and two, probably in that 10 year gap, um, which is kind of cool. Cause it means that in that 10 year gap between episode one and two, obviously Boba was, you know, a young, a young kid like, yeah. growing up. Right. Yeah. So he must, he's must've known Aura Singh for a pretty long time. And uh, by extension, it's, it's possible that he's known Bosk for a little while as well. Um, but uh yeah, now, now this is kind of like, like, what do you think of all this? Because, I mean, we see Boba Fett and Bosk together on the Star Destroyer in Episode 5. Empire yeah. Strikes Back. Yeah. Um, so is, is it for you, is it kind of cool? Did you kind of think back to that right when you saw Bosk? We're like, oh, no way. Like, we're getting we're getting the crew, like the, you know, the bounty, the classic bounty hunter crew. Like, we're starting to see them pop up. Yeah, so it made me think like, oh, so they probably showed... Uh, you know, of course, after Django's death, in my when I first saw that, I thought, oh, maybe they kind of showed uh, Boba the ropes and kind of how their their way of you know being bounty hunter is like their way of doing things uh, is you know all these years after, right? Uh, and then you know Empire Strikes Back comes comes around, and then you know they're still together. So uh, like that's yeah, that's exactly what I thought. Um, but it, it it was cool because even even at a young age, uh, we can see just how skilled Boba is. But at the same time, like it, especially in these three episodes, we get a lot of glimpses of you know like uh, built up anger and like uh, yeah you know like just very like a lot of hatred. But at the same time, we see that when it comes to someone innocent who isn't Mace Windu. Uh, he really is doesn't want to hurt them, right? But no, sometimes, yeah. sometimes just because by association, you know, he has or sing, you know, on his back or something, or someone else is telling him do it or kill someone. He's kind of like he's kind of forced into that scenario. But like there are times where he backs out and he doesn't do it. So you can see that mm-hmm. there's some some good in him. But I think by the time you know episode five rolls around, like there that all that is just gone. I think. It, it, yeah, like, I mean, 
as far as like what goes through the character's head in episode five, like we really don't really get a whole lot of, um, of, of kind of his motives, right? Like, yeah. at, like at, at that point in time, um, he's now em- employed kind of permanently as one of Jabba's, uh, kind of bounty hunters, right? Or kind of yeah. one of his go, his go-tos, right? Yeah. So like kind of before all that though, I mean, um, like Jango Fett was at one point the galaxy's best and gr- the greatest bounty hunter in the galaxy, right? Yeah. Um, and now in during the Clone War, it's Cad Bane. So Cad Bane is currently the, the kind of the galaxy's most notorious bounty hunter. Yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, naturally, like since, you know, Jango Fett left Boba behind as a legacy – uh, he's now kind of taken up the mantle, right? But you know, he's just a kid, so like naturally, like his uh, Django's associates are kind of looking after him as kind of guardians, like, and it's good enough for Vora to do. But um, you know what? Uh, I guess for me, when I think about the whole situation, I think Django was a very respectable man as well, right? Like, like he had um, he had a code of some kind. Like he wasn't just a loose cannon, right? Like he, he, he wasn't like, he wasn't like Cad Bane, you know, like taken, uh, t- like, uh, Ran- I don't know. Like, like, and conquer pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like when I watch Cad Bane, like I think to myself, man, this guy is really unstable. Like you never know what he's going to do. He's pretty unpredictable. Yeah. Um, he just has no ethics at all. Like, like he, he's called the job. Yeah, like he took He's, on the job yeah. to kidnap those children for Sidious, right? He says, I'll take on any job for the right price. Um, like he's just got no, like nothing at all standing in his way, right? Whereas yeah. Boba, Boba for him at this point in time, like he has his father's kind of code in, uh, in him still, like like um, his, his uh, ethics, right? And uh, even though uh, the business gets rough, I feel like... Django as a character compared to Cad Bane was was a, a lot more just a respectable man, right? Yeah, had had um, honor. Yeah, he had honor. Yeah, yeah, and um, yeah, and 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 that actually kind of comes in later when Hondo gives uh, Boba some advice. Um, I'll just I'll just kind of skip to that one little part here, but like uh, when when Plo Koon asks Boba to. Tell, tell, you know, he says, tell the Jedi, like he's, he's trying to get information out of Boba Fett, Plo Koon, and, and he go, takes him to Hondo and goes, you know, tell him to, tell him to fess up basically, right? Like he's basically says like, I thought you might be able to talk some sense into him. Uh-huh. And then uh, Hondo just looks at him and goes, tell the Jedi what he needs to know Boba, right? Like, and then he's like, why? Why should I help anyone? I've got no one. Uh-huh. And then, and then uh, Hondo's like. It's what your father would have wanted, you know. Um, so, like, Hondo, also being an old friend of Django's, knows that Django would have told the Jedi what he needs to know. He's not in the position to make demands because a Jedi with a lot more power than he has is questioning him, right? And it's the respect for that power that kind of makes him a respectable man, right? Yeah. So, like, when when Obi-Wan came to Django's house and started asking him questions about um you know the assassination attempt on padme right like he asks him about uh, how he's like have you been into the uh into the 
into the inner core recently or whatever and uh, ever made your way as far as Coruscant and you know and uh, and um, uh, he was asking him about Sifo-Dyas as well and then like Django just straight up gives him the truth like he's like uh, Sifo-Dyas like no I don't know what you're talking about I was I was recruited by a man named Tyrannus on one of the moons of Bogdan right like he just gives it away like he's like yeah I was recruited by a man named Tyrannus now Obi-Wan doesn't know that Count Dooku is Darth Tyrannus, right? Like, like that name is actually kept very private amongst, uh, like, it's, it's not like the Sith walk around with name tags going, I'm Darth this and I'm Darth that, right? Like the Jedi don't know this kind of thing, right? Like, like they don't know that Darth Sidious is Darth Sidious. Like they don't know that D- Darth Maul was even probably named Darth Maul, right? Like, like they, like, uh, and, and the same goes for Darth Tyrannus. Like, like the galaxy knows him as Count Dooku. Right. So, uh, yeah, like I, I always found that really interesting about Django's character that like he just tells Obi-Wan what he needs to know. And now Hondo is giving Boba the same advice. He's like, no, tell the Jedi what he needs to know. It's what your father would have done. It's what your father would have wanted. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah so that's um, where do we leave off with that? I kind of that, that, that's kind of that's in the third episode where. So, like, yeah, basically, that, yeah, that jumped ahead yeah. a little bit. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so. so Back to the back to the first episode again. They're they're kind of um, uh, they they were in the escape pod. You know, it gets picked up by Slave One and all that. Um, and the rest of it's not overly important to kind of review because hopefully all the listeners here have watched the episode with us. Yeah. Um, but yeah, let's let's go forward to the next episode here. Um, R two come home. So wow, what a great episode. So I mean, this one was uh, this is an R two D two episode for sure. Oh, a hundred percent. It was but, so good to see all so many more lovable R two D two moments. Oh yeah, that, I, yeah, very cinematic. Reminds me of the films. You, you know, it's just yeah. It, somehow I got the I got Empire Strikes Back vibe just by watching uh, R two, and you know, it, it's kind of the same. Uh, relationship that Anakin has with R2 as Luke does with R2 yeah. and and he's got the same loyalty the same faith in that droid and um, he always yeah. pulls through like he never and he always pulls through yeah yeah, yeah. like uh, it's it's funny because we see um, hold on I've got a couple notes here we see like uh, um, sorry I have it Oh yeah. So like R two D two and his antics. Like um, there's a there's a scene in this episode where uh, Mace Windu and Anakin they're uh, basically on uh, on the ship that we, they were just on that was crashed on this planet and they're going through it and you know making sure uh, you know if there's any traces of this uh, you know assassin if there's any evidence anything to kind of support their theory of you know an assassin and all that stuff. So. They find Anakin finds uh, half of Jango Fett's helmet, right from uh, Attack of the Clones, and little does Anakin know there's actually a bomb like set to detonate and about to detonate. And then we we kind of pan back to uh, Mace Windu, and he kind of puts the pieces together, and then you kind of see everything kind of clue in for him, and he says Boba, and then he yells Anakin. And then he kind of force pulls Anakin towards him, and then all this debris from the ship falls on top of them. And yeah, because there was there was yeah. a helmet inside the bomb. There, sorry, there was a bomb inside of Jango's helmet. Yeah, uh, yeah, and it actually that is Jango's helmet. Yeah. By the way, 
Yeah. Uh, it has a little bit of a dent on it. Now, this is kind of a, a confusing thing for a lot of people because it's like, oh, well, Boba had a dent in his helmet as well. That dent, okay, weirdly enough, Boba gets his own dent in his own helmet. Uh, Django's, Django Fett's original helmet that he wore in Attack of the Clones, the silver and blue one, that just blew up. Like that, that, that helmet originally worn by Django Fett has just blown up. Um, it was supposed to be an homage to uh, the fact that Mace Windu took off Django's head and now Django's head is going to take Mace Windu's life, right? Like, yeah. Like, like it was kind of a, it was a sweet kind of kill uh, on a very personal touch on Boba Fett's part to kind of add that in, right? Yeah. So like, cause naturally you'd think, oh, well, wouldn't he want to keep his dad's helmet? Like, you know, that, that, uh, you know, it makes no sense for him to kind of just use just any Mandalorian helmet. No, it's got to be Django's helmet. Like, like this guy killed my dad. Now my dad's helmet is going to kill this guy. Right. Yeah. Um, like he he so, wants blood. Like that's, he wants bloodshed. Yeah. And this not, is a very personal kill. Yeah. Oh yeah. Like you can tell like he, every, every time there's a, an assassination attempt, it's very well thought out, but it's, it makes you think like, this is like a 12 year old kid, right? Like this is insane. Just how, uh, you know, how like, how ready he is for all this stuff at such a young age. I mean, all the training he has from Django Fett and then all the training he's going to get from his uh, bounty hunter associates that are, were associated with Django. So it's just, I was, I found it crazy to see that he's, he's so bright and so um, like just on point with, with the lifestyle that he's, he's embracing at such an early age. Yeah. Um, But uh, anyways, so we, we kind of, we um what was i gonna say oh yeah so this basically all this debris from the ship kind of lands on top of mace windu and anakin and they're kind of stuck underneath it for the rest of the episode yeah they have to put all their loyalty in r2 to kind of bring to bring them help right yeah Um, yeah actually i'd like to add in real quick here the sound design the effects the animation the lighting of this episode of these episodes was amazing like yeah. it's so good um and uh, you know especially when you when you like when you see some of the shots of like slave one and pepping its cannons it's like whoa like i mean like it's like i'm watching attack of the clones right now like yeah, it's just totally. it looks and feels and and sounds the same right like uh and i i love when r2 kind of straps that gun dark to the Jedi fighter with his little uh, suction cup thing. Yeah, I don't even fine. know how that. I don't even know how that stayed on his head. But yeah, yeah. and then it like then yanks him into ship. the. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah so yeah. good. But uh, yeah, the sound of like the ship kind of thrumming, and then kind of like the twang of the the rope like getting yeah. taut, and then yanking Pulls. the Gundark who like screams, and then seeing it like fly like a kilometer forward into like this like hill, rocky hillside or whatever. It was such a cool. Uh, little it was such a cool kill on R2's part first yeah. of, first off but uh, but yeah just like the way that this episode is cinematically kind of uh, presented to us uh, this is miles ahead of when we first started the show uh, in season one and I was already I was talking to you about it way back then I said don't worry the show gets better visually uh, like they you know it gets it gets more quality you know because at times it felt a little cheesy to watch and whatever but now uh like there it's it's very interesting the subtle improvements that 
they make just visually to the show that adds so much, right? Like even when, um, even when they're in, uh, like when they're in the ship and there's all the smoke and the fire and everything, the explosions, do you see all those explosions when like slave one was firing at the, 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 uh, the, the Republic cruiser, like that was crashed on the ground there, like yeah. all that fire and everything, like it's just amazing. Yeah, it's so good. All the explosions, like uh, the you can definitely tell, like the the budget and the the time spent on every episode, the the quality just goes up, like goes up, yeah, crazy. It's starting to get really good. Um, but this it episode, gets better too. It's getting better. It, oh, yeah, it'll, it'll, it'll go up and up and up. Yeah, it's only an uphill. Yeah, I can't it's, wait. It's an um, uphill climb. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, but th- this episode is really cool because it, it just. Like I said, like it really, it really uh, shows off the fact that of, of why R two since you know nineteen seventy seven is just such an important character to Star oh, Wars. Oh, such a lovable character. Yeah, I mean, like he's he, like people rely these Jedi rely on him. He pulls through. Like in this episode, for example, like and and just the humor that this that this droid has and gives, right? Like he he yeah. he's. Uh, yeah, uh, so he sends this. He sends this. Uh, this creature, I forget his name, uh, into the, the Gundark. The Gundark. He sends this Gundark, uh, it kind of like uh, strapped to the the ship. He fires up the ship, and then it, it it blasts away, and then it kills this Gundark. And then he hops in Mace Windu's ship. He goes up, and then behind them is Slave One, and he's uh, in Mace Windu's ship. He's making his way to their. Um, their light speed um oh yeah so, they're being, so r2 is piloting mace windu ship and he's being pursued by slave one yeah. uh are you are, yeah are you are you gonna bring up what i think you're gonna bring up uh i'm get like the the uh his pilot maneuvers there yeah or, yeah, yeah yeah so so yeah. r2d2 outpilots <laughs> bosk yeah. in slave one yeah, like a, bo- a bounty hunter ship that that nearly killed Obi Wan Kenobi, right? Yeah. So R two outpilots Bosk and Boba's ability to uh, like hit, to shoot stuff, right? Like like because we just saw Boba shoot in the episode before, and it's very clear that he's no fool when it comes to manning a turret, right? Um, uh, naturally, I think he probably manned the guns when his dad was piloting the ship, right? So he knows yeah. what he's doing. Yeah. And uh, and you know, and and R two not only outpilots Bosk but outpilots boba's turrets as well yeah which is pretty crazy yeah like for just a droid right like yeah um, like so and 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 more humor to that like he 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 couples with this um uh light speed booster and then he goes into light speed and then all the excuse me sorry boba on uh Slave one is like, no. And then he, R2 blasts off. Right. And he just leaves Mace Windu and Anakin to, yeah, like, yeah. you know, to kind of fend for themselves for a little bit. And then he, uh, cuts away back to Coruscant. He goes back there, uh, notifies, uh, Plo Koon and Ahsoka. Um, and, uh, basically sends them a message of Anakin saying, Hey, go to Coruscant, get us some help. Uh, we really need you. And then he kind of like lies down. He kind of passes out cause he's underneath all this weight from all this, you know, fallen debris on the ship. Right. It's hundreds of pounds that are crushing them right now. They're just kind of sitting, like, um, laying down. And then eventually, uh, Plo Koon and Ahsoka make their way back. Uh, and, uh, they, 
or no, no, wait, what happens? So they don't go back to them just, or, no, yeah, sorry, Plo, they do. Plo Koon, they do. Plo Koon and Ahsoka go right away with, uh, with Plo's uh, clones and uh, yeah. they go to, they, they rescue Mace and Anakin from the ship. Yeah. And that's the end of the episode. But but I love what what Mace says about uh, about R two. How he, you know he he says uh, I never thought I'd say this about you, but uh, good job. Yeah. And then Anakin has that nice witty little remark. He's like, oh, that's more praise than I ever get. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, oh man, Anakin! I love his wittiness and his uh, his cockiness like through this show. It's just yeah. it's always it's so entertaining. Yeah, I, it's funny you mention that because like. A lot of people like that hate the prequels, right? They they hate, you know, um, they they just hate Anakin as a character. Yeah, right? yeah. So, they and, say, oh, and, he's bland and boring and yeah, whatever. But, but yeah, you, this show really corrects that. And I think so because I'm not even done this show yet. And I already know that, especially in episode three. And, well, a, lo- a lot of people hate episode two. A lot of people hate episode three, just his performance. But mm-hmm. – um, I really do think that he was the right character, the, you know, the right fit for that character. Like he just kind of, he grew into it. Right. And then the show comes out and then it kind of just pieces it all together. And it's, it's, for me, it seems to be justifying why they chose him. So I, I, I really like that. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's nice to see that. Um, yeah, for sure. I think, and, and clone Wars, like the prequels as a, as a, as an artistic choice of the films, like they have a very Shakespearean kind of style to it, right? Like it's, it's yeah. not a happy, it's not a happy trilogy. Like it's, no. it's not supposed to be, it's, it's supposed to be quite kind of dark and depressing a little bit. Um, I don't want to say colorless, but it's supposed to be the downfall of the Jedi, right? Like, like we're supposed to see this kind of, uh, um, the the fall of the Republic, the fall of the Jedi Order, right? Like it's it's not supposed to be the good guys win in the end, right? Like it's supposed to be the bad guy or the the bad guys are winning every episode, right? Yeah. Like the Phantom Men, it's like yeah, sure, like you know they killed Darth Maul, but look what they did, like um, the Chancellor Palpatine just just became Chancellor, like Palpatine, he went went from Senator to Palpatine, so the Dark Lord was promoted. Uh, they killed one of the best Jedi masters that the Jedi order had. And, um, and, um, what else? Uh, they have officially kind of started on the path to being the Phantom Menace. Like that's what Sidious is, the Phantom Menace. Right. Yeah. And, and so like this, this whole thing is like, you know, from the beginning is like they're you know it's it's the beginning of of the end of the jedi right and then episode two it's like the entire thing is just like corruption in the senate you know like like dooku is like you know helping play both sides of the war along with along with palpatine his new his master right yeah. uh you know the 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 whole geonosian arena thing and and uh almost killing off you know, two of the best Jedi that the, that the order has and, and Padme, who's a very influential speaker in the Senate. Like there, there's so many different things that happen, um, including kind of the unveilment of, of the clone army, which is exactly what Palpatine wants. He wants to make the Republic, uh, need this army because this, this army is, is, is key to kind of starting a war and, and also, uh, bringing about the means of the creation of the of his empire, right? Uh, and then the whole revenge of the Sith is self-explanatory. That's just all the Jedi die. You know, like he gets uh, what he wants with Anakin uh, as his new apprentice. 
uh, he gets everything he wants, right? Like, like this whole trilogy is just the bad guys win every single time. Yeah. And, and so it's not supposed to be happy, but, um, the Clone Wars, it's like, it's small victories, right? Like the Clone Wars episode to episode, it is kind of a more upbeat show. Um, I think like, especially for younger viewers as well, like, like they wanted Anakin to have a more kind of upbeat attitude. Um, like even half the stuff Obi-Wan and Mace Windu say, like normally very serious people, um, some of it can be a little more lighthearted. And then, and then even like Yoda, like we've seen Yoda in action a few times in this show so far as well. And he's been like pretty episode five ish, like kind of crazy Yoda, like, you know, a little bit more kind of, you know, like, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So, so, uh, yeah. So like, it's, it's been, it's, it's been, uh, and, and again, like, that's just like an artistic choice of how they want to tell the story. And, and, you know, like it is, it is not just for kids, for adults, but, but you can definitely see the progression of, um, of Anakin, you know, like, I believe Hayden, like, I love Hayden Christensen. Like he's the only guy that I would ever, like, I, I don't, know who else could play that part as as well as he does because like darth vader is not exactly the most you know lovable um character as far as personality goes right like he's a cool character he's like super you know awesome villain but like it's not like you can fall in love with darth vader's character more than uh, like he's got a very strong personality, but that's, that's about it. Right. And the first thing I think about Anakin is his strong personality. Like he's got strong feelings for the people in his life. He's, he's quick to get angry. He's, he acts on emotion all the time. He's moody. Right. Um, that's exactly Darth Vader, right? Darth yeah. Vader, monotone voice, robotic voice. Right. Um, but the way he talks too, like, like just the, uh, like if I was wearing a Darth Vader helmet, voice modulator or not just the way that my speech is presented you you would still be able to tell it's me right yeah um like if hayden christensen were to put on the mask and talk the way he does in the prequels in the in the costume with you know say he was doing the same voice that james earl jones was doing uh like it would sound pretty close to like what james earl jones did in star wars right mm-hmm. so yeah i always make the argument defending Hayden Christensen as as a good Anakin Skywalker, but um, yeah, that doesn't mean I don't like Matt Lanter. I love Matt Lanter in the Clone Wars. He does a fantastic job at bringing a different side of Anakin out. You know, yeah, um, and that's exactly like what you're saying. I guess is just you know the fact that um, like this show is depthening all the characters that we know and love, and yeah. The character development in everyone, it just, it just grows yeah. and grows and grows like every Yeah, it's episode. getting deeper. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So like, yeah. and naturally like Anakin is very overconfident in his abilities. That's very much clear from the films. Like, yeah. you know, uh, he's always being held, like held back by, he always feels like Obi-Wan is holding him back and all that stuff. Right. So naturally he's going to feel a little cocky about his abilities, right? Yeah. Like it just goes hand in hand. So it's, it is cool. It is nice to see that side of him coming out once in a while in this show yeah so yeah um yeah but uh so let's yeah i guess like let's go into the third episode uh and then we'll wrap up here lethal track down yeah um so yeah um this one anakin and mace windu are kind of in medical recovery 
and uh, they receive a transmission from the bounty hunters and, you know, they send Plo and Ahsoka to kind of investigate. Uh, but basically the bounty hunters are baiting out the Jedi to, you know, get Mace Windu out to their territory again so that they've got the upper hand. Yeah. Uh, but we got to see Hondo in this episode, which is awesome. It's been a long time since we saw Hondo. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, I don't know. What's the first thing that you kind of like stood out to you in this one? Uh, the first one for me is kind of like, uh, so back to a point we brought up earlier, like uh, how you can, you can really see two sides of Boba, like just in these three episodes that we've seen since episode two, uh, I noticed like a lot of uh, character development uh, in these episodes for him. Like, like I was saying earlier, like you can really see there's a lot of hatred with him and he, he's, he's quick to make decisions when it comes to revenge and stuff like that. But when it comes to innocent people, like there's three hostages from the ship, uh, two clones and one, um, one general, um, forget his name, but, uh, he, you know, he doesn't want to, he doesn't want to harm them. There's a, there's a poor, there's a part in the episode where, um, he's told kill to kill one of them and he can't bring himself to do it because he knows that these are innocent men. They haven't done anything wrong. He's never done any wrong to him. Right. So he's, you can see he's conflicted, right? You can mm-hmm. see that, that little bit of honor from what in the short years that he got to knew his father, uh, to know his father, he, um, he did learn quite a bit. So, um, one thing that stood out to me was that just that confliction, you could see it in Boba. Like he really did not want to do that. Um, but due to the circumstances that he's in and the people he's associated with, like, he's kind of like, he's kind of has to, right. But he just can't, can't do it yet um -hmm. yeah um yeah he's still he's still a he's still a good person deep down right deep down yeah he's got this vengeance to kill mace windu but at the same time like he's uh he's kind of got conflict about killing anyone else that doesn't need to be killed right yeah so um yeah uh uh so yeah, I guess when when Aura kind of does it for him, like she kills uh, that clone trooper, uh, he was uh, one of the commanders, right? Uh, yeah. I noticed that uh, Anakin Anakin says that was that was Pons, right? Like yeah. he he knows he knows the name of that clone trooper, which we've talked about this before, but like Anakin has uh, like he's got a very deep caring side about him for the clones, like he, um, you know, he looks at most of them as friends. And, uh, he, uh, he knows the name of, of this clone trooper commander or captain, or I think it was captain or commander, one of the two, but, uh, yeah. Did you pick that out or? Yeah. Like he, he's, he's built a, a relationship with everyone. Like, and, and that's the thing that we've mentioned in previous episodes, like these clones, they all have their own sense of individuality, right. And they all have, uh, their own ways of identifying themselves, whether it be haircut uh, you know, a, a face tattoo or a scar, something like that. Um, they're all unique and Anakin, yep. Anakin sees that. Right. Um, and you can, you can definitely tell like that, just the emotional side of him where he connects with anyone. And if there's a strong connection, like he, he's with them. Right. Um, mm-hmm. uh, I think something else that stood out to me was uh, 
There's a part of the episode where Plo Koon and Ahsoka, they have to go down to the Coruscant underworld. Now, for me personally, like, uh, I've, I've never, uh, I've never really heard of it. Um, but apparently like, uh, mm-hmm. that's where a lot of like the scumminess, where all the scums hang out, where all like the legal stuff goes down. Um, but, yeah, like, so- but like for me, I haven't really noticed anything like if i think back to episode two or any of those episodes like i can't i can't recall Mm. an underworld um yeah but we got some of the lower levels of the the surface of the city yeah uh with uh, the chasing in episode two but but that was about it like there there haven't really been in the live action films, like we haven't really got uh, anything uh, as far as the underworld goes. So I mean, there is, is that the bar scene Wars. with Obi Wan, right? You remember that? What? That's what I'm talking about. That's yeah. the one. So that's yeah. that's not in the underworld. That's that's on the surface level, but kind yeah. of more going a the, little deeper. Yeah, just like on this planet's surface, at least, right? Yeah. So the un- <clears throat> the underworld of Coruscant is literally like a whole separate thing. Like you have to go down. Uh, a very specific like it's a very gigantic kind of hole in the ground which is a, a like a massive funnel that goes through the whole planet um and and ships and stuff can like travel down there um and it basically what it's supposed to do theoretically is reach the the surface of the actual planet way below so like Coruscant at this point now you're like oh wow okay so the ground of the city of the gigantic city planet that we see in Star Wars right that's not even the ground that's like you know kilometers and kilometers uh, higher than the actual ground planet like the, the uh, I would picture it like uh, like Earth right uh, like picture like the core of our planet being the actual size of Coruscant. Yeah. And then the the city of Coruscant being literally everything else on on top being the world that we live in and then everything in between that's the underworld. Yeah. So that's all these layers of of city basically. Yeah. So it's it's really kind of expanding um Coruscant as a planet as well. Now the underworld has been around for for a while but this is the first time uh if you've only seen the live action films and now watching the Clone Wars, this is kind of the first canonical appearance, but it's been around for a long time. In a lot of the books, uh, a lot of the games, uh, years ago with Dis- before Disney canceled the project, there was a game called uh, 1313. There was a whole trailer for it and everything. It was supposed to be released and um, it was going to take place in the underworld. Um, and uh, along with that, uh, when uh, Revenge of the Sith came out, there was whispers that George Lucas wanted to do a live action TV show. Do you remember the live action TV show rumors? Do yeah. You? Yeah, I remember. So those. that show was originally rumored to be called Star Wars Underworld. Mm. And it would have it would have been exactly that um, uh, Star Wars Underworld, basically just like a. a uh, a story based in the underworld of Coruscant and, and all that stuff. Now, Clone Wars does get into more underworld material and they do throw references at the 1313 video game that was canceled, yeah. which is actually really cool. But this is kind of a groundbreaking moment here. Like if this is your first time seeing the underworld, it's not going to be the last. Um, and it's just kind of depthening kind of what we know about Coruscant now. Yeah. So, uh Yeah. Yeah, that's 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 awesome to know because uh, like they they get to the underworld right, and they're it's not like a anyone can go there kind of place. Like there's an access code, right? You know, people 
whoever wants to go there, they have this code and then they get in through there. And then it's kind of, it gives off the vibe that it's the kind of place that you have to know where you're going. And if you're kind of an yeah. outsider, if you're an outsider going in, it's kind of like, this isn't the place for you kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And people who live down there, a lot of them never see the sky. Yeah. Like some, some of them are just so uh, like poor and, and just kind of, I don't know, more or less uh, just kind of, uh, I guess, low income or just uh, even just maybe they're criminals. Maybe um, there's a, there's a lot of scum and villainy down there in the underworld. Yeah. That's hence yeah. why the reason it's called the underworld, right? Yeah. Uh, I mean, there's good people down there too, but, uh, but yeah, like first and foremost, it's kind of the place to do illegal stuff. Pretty much. But, uh, but yeah, so there's naturally there's security gates and stuff to kind of enter and exit at official, official points. Yeah. Um, but, uh, but yeah, thanks for bringing that up because, uh, we saw Plo, Plo Koon and Ahsoka go through a very special doorway. Did you see that? Yeah. Yeah. They, uh, uh he kind of, he used the force to unlock a, uh, like a, a lock on the wall. Yeah. With the Republic logo on it. And it kind of spins around like a couple of gears and everything like that. And it just opens up for them. Uh, so it's a, it's a, it's a door only Jedi can access the same kind of lock was seen on out on the outside of the holocron vault. When we saw the episode of Cad Bane breaking into the Jedi temple. Uh, oh yeah, saw, that's right. We saw yeah. Kit Fisto flash us a smile and then he kind of waves his hand over that lock and it, you know, it opens up the doors for him and everything. So we've seen that before. Mm-hmm. Um, these are specifically for the Jedi. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, to, to, to get access down there because there's actually, uh, Plo, um, Ahsoka and Plo Koon actually walk into this bar down there. Uh, and Plo Koon puts his lightsaber on, um, on the bar top. And then the, yeah. the bartender's like, uh, uh-huh, I haven't seen one of you. Around yeah, been, here in a been a while since we had one of you down here. Yeah, and, exactly. Know, like, yeah. I thought you were too uh, busy with your war. And then, uh, I love what Plo Kloon says. I, it's one of my favorite lines of the whole episode. He's like, we're never too busy for the citizens of the Republic, you know, like yeah. just kind of, uh, yeah, just kind of a, a, like a very subtle, but or passive aggressive reminder to the barkeeper. It's like, Hey, yeah, we're the Jedi, and even though we're fighting a war, like we're still policing this planet. Like, yeah. you know, like like don't do any crap, basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah pretty yeah. much. Um, yeah. yeah. So uh, fast forward in the episode a little bit, where uh, Boba Fett and everyone, all these hostages, they're in another place. Um, and- we oh, have, are you getting to the the point where we have the ambush prepped up, right? Yeah, we're so Aura Aura yeah. and Boba are waiting for for Mace Windu to enter in the little thing, and Hondo greets Plo and Ahsoka when they show up, and and he's like, uh, uh, you know, they're they're waiting for you with an ambush and inside the barn, and uh, you know, he's like, he wants to stay out of the whole thing, right? Yeah. Um, but yeah, Boba's a little ticked off when he realizes that uh, that uh, it's not Mace Windu there. Um, he realized that as Plo Koon. He's like, what, like, what are you doing here? Like, you know, I want a window. And then, uh, they have a bit of a banter about the fact that he wants to kill Mace Windu and, uh, and bringing justice and all that stuff. And, and I love what Plo says again, Plo has so many good lines in this episode. He nails it out, but, um, he has that little line saying, uh, like what Boba says, uh, like, I want justice, like for, you know, the death of my father, right? He's like, I want justice. And then Plo Koon says, we are justice, right? Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. Uh, yeah. He's got so many good lines, dude. Like whoever wrote, I forget who wrote this episode now, but, but, um, amazing script. Yeah. Very, very well done. Um, but, uh, let's talk, let's talk about, uh, both the really, uh, badass moves from Plo Koon and from Ahsoka Tano. Oh, that was a good standoff. Episode, right. That was a very like, good standoff. Yeah. So, um, Ahsoka kind of come they're they're at this like uh coffee table we've got Plo Koon and um uh I can't I keep forgetting her Aura. name um Aura Singh Aura Singh yes okay all right I'm gonna write that down because I keep forgetting. she was Aura in Singh. the Phantom Menace yes I know but I get her yeah, name she, I just, she, I keep... she was watching uh she was watching the pod racers as they fly by she was standing on that outlook I know but I keep I keep forgetting her name. Um yeah. so we we've got we've got this kind of like coffee table like imagine like a ter- interrogation room kind of thing going on and we've got Plo Koon and we've got Ora Singh, you know, they're at this table, they're talking, conversing yeah. about what's about to happen and stuff. And then Ahsoka kind of comes in behind uh ignites her lightsaber and kind of grabs Ora Singh by the neck. Um but then chops her s- antenna. Yeah, chops her antenna um so she can't communicate with um Bosk yeah. with Bosk on the other side of this uh, planet with the hostages, and then we've got at the same time that Ahsoka comes in and cuts off uh, Aura Singh's antenna and ignites her lightsaber to her neck. We've got Boba Fett who whips out his blaster, puts it to the back of Plo Koon's head, uh, and they're kind of like at a stand a standoff for a second, and then uh, Plo Koon just kind of, or no, sorry, so. Uh, there's a, there's a bit of an exchange between Aura Singh and uh, Boba Fett, and she's saying, "Don't let them do it," and you know, "Don't worry about me," kind of thing. And then we see kind of a shot underneath the table where it's uh, kind of like a, it's almost like a, two spikes hanging out of Aura Singh's boot. And yeah, she, they're basically she, like bullets, I guess. Yeah, like yeah, yeah, pretty much. And like she slugs, she, I think is what yeah. they would call them in Star Wars. Yeah, yeah. She winks at uh, Boba Fett, and then Boba Fett kind of gets it, and then um, she she goes to shoot it, but obviously Plo Koon can sense it, right? So he kicks yeah. up this table, right, and then he goes over. He cuts. He cuts. Uh, um, Aura Singh's blaster in half and then he's everyone's just kind of like at a standstill he's like stand down and I thought like wow like this is for this character like that is his, so far his most badass move and remember the last couple episodes I've been saying like these you know the Jedi they're finding themselves in these scenarios where it's like they why don't they do something like they, they can use the force they don't have their lightsaber on it so figure it out you know kind of like um like their display of power, the lack of display of power. Yeah, of thing, but right? there's a there's a word, uh, impro- like improvise, right? So um, what I really liked about Plo Koon, especially in this episode, is that like I've never really seen that side of him. He was just like, he was on a mission. He wanted to get something done. He did it, right? And like he just, he improvised. He cut her blaster in half. And then he's just like, what now? And then, yeah, and that was awesome. Um, so, so what you want from this show going forward is like more Jedi action that it like is is like pleasing in terms of uh, in in terms of uh, 
realism kind of thing right like like it's like oh yeah i could see him doing that kind of thing right yeah like it's cool you know follow the jedi code and keepers of the peace blah 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 but like i want to see some action like i want i want when thing needs when when things (laughs) need to get done i want to see them get done you know like like, yeah 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 yeah. so uh i look forward to that but um yeah yeah you're a big fan of aggressive negotiations yes for sure for sure for sure Um, um yeah, no, that's, uh, and yeah, and uh, I already kind of flash forward to that bit with, uh, with Hondo and Boba, that little yeah. moment there, but, uh, but yeah, or, uh, basically, you know, runs off and what, what we see at the end of the episode is, um, or basically tries to escape Florum, um, and, uh, she steals slave one, which is Boba's ship, mind you. Yeah. Uh, I guess being Boba's guardian, she thinks she has way too many, like way more perks than she actually is probably boba would grant but yeah uh, yeah she did in this episode she did prevent him from underage drinking so that is that is at least some sense in her because uh, she's been pretty bossy uh, with boba this whole time yeah but um but uh, but yeah like she actually uh, ahsoka has a pretty cool takedown uh chops off the wing of uh slave one has a cool little uh like blaster skirmish uh where uh like aura's firing through the windshield of the ship and everything and then she jumps off and like the glass blows up in aura's face and uh the ship kind of like spins out of control and goes down we see it kind of partially blow up in the background and uh when i first saw that uh it like years ago when the first episode first aired i was like what like did they just blow up slave one like yeah are you kidding me uh, and then you mentioned while we were watching, you're like, oh, is that why Slave 2 is a thing? And uh, no, Slave 2 is actually unofficially like Slave 2 is never really Slave 2. Like Slave Slave 1 is the name of the same ship that Boba and Jango both have. So it is a bit of a spoiler um, that uh, this ship naturally it gets fixed. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, you do notice that uh Slave One during Boba's time in the original trilogy, it has um, a different paint job to it. Yeah, yeah. So it, it, it's it's like uh, uh, it's red and red and green, right? So yeah, it's got, uh, yeah. yeah, it's got a greenish so, tint to it rather than like the the blue uh, kind of the, air. yeah yeah exactly. So yeah. so basically, um, that's no accident. Yeah, um, there. That is actually this episode plays a big part in why Slave One looks different uh, in the original trilogy. It is the same ship, uh, but yeah, it does look different slightly because of uh, the modifications that are later kind of made to it um, after it, it's been crashed. So don't worry, we will see. Slave one again. We have not seen the end of Boba Fett, of course. Um, it's actually at this point in the show that uh, Boba Fett is introduced as a uh, not a not a primary character, but a uh, recurring character. Like he he comes back throughout the Clone Wars multiple times, uh, which is really cool. So um, yeah. Oh, I see you've uh, sent me a differences photo here. So, yeah. Um, yeah. See, there's there's very like subtle differences about the ships. Uh, paint scheme and obviously on the inside of the cockpit as well uh, because we do see interior shots of Slave 1 in Attack of the Clones and we see interior shots in um, Empire Strikes Back and and they they look a little different right so uh, yeah so all these modifications all these changes arguably are made because this ship has had a 
brutal accident during the Clone War, and this is that accident. Yeah. So, yeah, we've not seen the end of Boba. We've not seen the end of Slave One. Um, but uh, yeah, do you have anything to kind of like add, wrapping it up a little bit? Um, let's let me see here. Um, kind of like this was kind of like a question I made myself, but uh, you know, at this point, like. You know, Ahsoka Tano and we have Plo Koon, they're working together at this point. But because Anakin was injured, even though they were still working together, I wonder, is that is that some sort of unwritten rule that, let's say, Anakin is Ahsoka's master, right? We all know. And then yep. because he's injured, he's kind of like, he's advised by Plo Koon. And, yeah. and he said, Plo Koon says to Mace and, uh, and Windu, you know, kind of like, Hold back, guys. I'll I'll handle this one with uh, with Ahsoka. So I'm wondering, is that is that kind of uh, what they do in the terms of when yeah, when um, someone's master is injured for whatever reason until they heal? It's kind of like mm-hmm. you know, sit this one out. I'll 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 train them up. I'll you know, yeah 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 for sure. It's almost yeah. like yeah, it's like they're teachers, right? So yeah. it's like yeah, Anakin's like yeah, I you know send a, a you know I could uh, like send Ahsoka with, with Plo or whatever, but, yeah. uh, Plo and, Plo and Ahsoka's relationship goes back, uh, very, uh, pretty far actually, because it was revealed in one of the season one episodes in, uh, one of the first arcs, actually, uh, it was the malevolence arc that we saw Plo Koon for the first time in the Clone Wars. Mm-hmm. And, um, Ahsoka revealed when, when he went missing and he was trapped in that escape pod with a bunch of clones and, the you know Anakin and Ahsoka were trying to find them amongst the debris field. Uh, she mentioned that she was really worried about him because uh, Plo Koon is the one that brought her to the Jedi Temple when she was a youngling. Yeah. So so yeah. So their relationship goes back pretty far. Um, I would actually think naturally that Plo Koon would be the one to teach Ahsoka if it weren't for the fact that Anakin was assigned her as uh, as an apprentice, right? Yeah. So. Um, yeah, I don't know. That's that's pretty much uh, pretty much all I got on that. But uh, did you have anything uh, to add? Uh, any uh, last? Not not a whole lot. But like uh, as you mentioned, with that badass move from uh, Ahsoka, like that's I think for me the first time in this show I've kind of said uh, like I I saw it as it happened and she kind of you know she's dodging these blaster bolts like through this windshield of Slave One. Uh, I, I think like, wow, like that's, that's pretty badass. Like for Ahsoka and I'm not, I, I don't hate Ahsoka as much as I did when I first started the show. But now with that scene, I'm like, ah, that was, that was pretty cool. Yeah, so she's I, turning, she current, your respect is growing uh, for the yeah, character. My respect is growing. She hasn't grown on me yet fully, but like, I, I, I see what she's up to. So I, I, I've, I've got my eye on her. So yeah. Yeah. I like, I like, yeah, where, yeah. You like where it's going. Yeah, I do like where it's going. Yeah, I think I think you will kind of more or less fall in love with the character. Uh, come time, probably eight episodes from now. Oh, really? Hmm. All yeah. right. Hmm. All right. We shall see. Yeah. Yeah. All right, man. Well, thanks for coming back on the show. We'll see you next time for Clone Wars Talk. For sure. Thanks for having me. Uh, stay safe, guys. All right, there he goes. Uh, I just wanted to really quickly play the three featurettes for the episodes that we just watched. Uh, I think what I'm going to do is start playing these 
intermittently as we kind of go through the the podcast and just uh, talk about these episodes, uh, just because it does give an extra dimension of things to talk about. But also, uh, as you for listeners, uh, you might not always be clicking those those uh, links that kind of take you to the starwars.com website. And, you know, in all fairness, maybe you just don't have time. But uh, that's why uh, conveniently, I think we're going to start kind of putting these as a uh, constant in uh, episodes going forward. I have not received any feedback on this at all, but uh, and it might lengthen the duration of the episodes. But uh, you know what? If you're already sitting down to listen to us for 45 minutes to an hour anyways, uh, what's an extra five minutes? So uh, here we go. Here's the first one. This is for Death Trap. Here we go. Here it is. Boba Fett. This gets into an area that I really try to stay away from, which is direct influencing of the classic movies. Boba Fett happened because George wanted to get into the mindset of Boba as a boy and the loss of his father. And this was gonna be a big deal. Boba has one thing to his advantage, which is that he looks like every soldier in the Clone Army. And the concept of him sneaking on board a ship is a great way for him to go about trying to assassinate Mace Windu. He's a young boy, 10 or 12 years old. He doesn't understand his emotions. He doesn't understand what he's feeling. He doesn't understand the limits or the concept of morality and right and wrong. Aura Singh had to represent evil. She wants to use Boba to use his malice and his hate and his sadness and his revenge. She wants to turn him into something evil like herself. What should I do? Head to the reactor, blow the core. But the crew. If you want when you dead, do as I say. In the character interaction between Aura and Boba has to work a certain way. The first time she talks to Boba, you don't really get she's cruel. She is devilish and she's many layered in her evil. She only reveals it slowly over time. I wasn't expecting you to bring friends along. What are you gonna do with them? What do you think? The question is what does Boba really want? How does he want to resolve this revenge issue? How far is he willing to go to get it? That was never part of the plan. I just wanted to kill the Jedi that murdered my father. Well, that will have to wait. It all becomes too much for him. It has to test his idea of morality. And, and he's a killer at that point. I'm sorry. You'll regret this. All right, we're going into R2 Come Home now. Second episode in the arc. You want an icon for Star Wars, use Darth Vader, use R2-D2, and you've got it. Why did you have to be so great? It's great to make him the hero. I think he sits right up there with Lassie. Why not? I've always said Archie's like the family dog. You know, that's how you treat him. That's how you write him. He's just got a couple more gadgets than uh, your local fighter. 
He's got a lot of personality, that's all. Archie Come Home is really about Archie and his character and his relationship with Anakin, how Mace doesn't understand that relationship. We'll soon see if the faith you put in that droid is worth it. Archie was actively screwing up these bounty hunters' attempt to get the Mace and Anakin. Pulling out a big sheet of metal and dropping it on them. He's shutting doors. He even, at one point, drops a bunch of boxes and a grenade on them. I mean, R2, you know, he plays for keeps when he's protecting Anakin. Good dog. Really, this whole episode, in some ways, is about dogs. Let me get, you know, the wolf pack in there again with Commander Wolf. R2! Over here! R2 come home. It's basically Lassie. Jimmy's stuck in the well. R2, Mace and Anakin are stuck in the well. Go get help. First, R2 takes this very literally. Well, he goes all the way back to Coruscant to get help. But at the end, after R2's gone through everything, Mace actually says, Good job. Which is huge for me. It's huge for him <laughs> to be that nice to this droid. Huh. That's definitely more praise than I ever get. Oh, that's my favorite line from Anakin in the whole episode. Okay, here's the last one. Lethal track down. Your friends here? We're not so fortunate. I was going to direct Lethal Trackdown. And I've put more thought into this trilogy of episodes than I have anything else we've done. I gave Florham a complete overhaul. I wanted Hondo's place to feel like they'd been stealing all its military gear as a result of the Clone Wars. It's a big goal of mine to make that place look better. I had Hondo's office modeled after my own because it's such a mess. Except for reference for set dressing, go up and look at my office. I need stuff all over the place. Like Hondo's a hoarder, he just collects stuff. Mm. I fabricated a relationship between Aura Singh and Hondo to give her a reason for going back there and to give another dimension to both their characters. I thought that was kind of a fun thing to do, you know. Well, Hondo's kind of charming, why not? Not mine, I take it. No, part of my crew. And identifying that Hondo knew Boba's dad. That was a very key ingredient. He was a friend and an honorable man. I started speaking with Kevin Kiner about how I wanted to have an Ennio Marconi style sound to the music. I wanted to have distinct themes in these episodes, which is something we haven't really done in The Clone Wars. It's something I've always wanted to do. I wanted to have the theme that's Boba when he's thinking about his father. This little boy singing this sad acapella represents Boba's possible good future. And the kind of twisted harmonica sounds all represent Aura Singh and the evil future he might have. So you get this kind of play back and forth, which we haven't really ever had before. You get this complete feeling when you watch these three episodes. Oh, I think our friends here are about to finally prove useful. <laughs> all right, tremendous work from Dave Filoni and his team. Uh, and uh, again, just a solid mention to... Uh, just everyone who played a part in those arcs. And going forward in the show, you just get this really solid uh, performance out of uh, the actors and the music and the effects and the animation and the story, uh, everything. It's just, it's so good. And, uh, you know, we love Dave Filoni. He's, he's an awesome dude. So um, thank you, Dave, for such a great story. Um, so yeah, what we're going to do going forward is just have those featurettes kind of featured uh, between... Uh, us talking about one episode to the next to the next we'll just kind of separate that uh, intermittently with these featurettes just to kind of like freshen us up on like oh yeah that's that was that story rather than us kind of recapping it I think what we're going to do is play this featurette just so you get a little taste of like what we just did watch and uh, some behind the scenes talk about it as well uh, just to kind of depth in the conversation a little bit 
all that kind of thing. So, uh, yeah, I don't know. Hopefully it's not too long for you guys, but I actually really prefer doing it this way. Uh, and uh, I hope you do too. So, uh, let's, uh, let's just finish off here, shall we? Alright, well, uh, thank you again to Diego uh, for joining us again, as always. And I hope you guys have caught up to us at this point in the show. Hopefully we're not leaving you in the dust. But, uh, you know, I'm aware of the fact that uh, a lot more of you guys have a lot more time inside these days. So we're going to do our best to kind of get these episodes off to you. So that that way, if you are following along with us at home, uh, you have uh, some some podcasts to kind of recap your your chronological viewing order and that way you can actually uh you know you actually have two things to do you got the podcast and you got the the episodes to watch so that fills up you know what two maybe two and a half hours of your day so uh yeah i don't know i, I hope quarantine's going well for you guys if you're in isolation right now um and uh yeah that's about it but uh you know we have we have a we have a twitter we have a, an email of uh you know i always throw that in there but it's in the description below you can send us voice memos there any feedback tips whatever um just uh let us know if there's a platform we're not on that you want us to be on um and uh, you know any feedback is welcome so uh that being said we only got uh uh, well, that's pretty much like the extent of season two. Uh, now we're heading into season three territory. I say t I say territory because this is all chronological based, so you know it's shuffled around a little bit. But more or less, we're kind of in the season three zone at this point, starting with the next episode. So, looking forward to that. Thanks again for tuning in, guys. Make sure to share this podcast and rate it well. May the force be with you.